Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. We all know that students are going to be buried under piles of debt when they graduate, but how prepared are they to face that debt? Do they have the information necessary to make intelligent decisions about money matters? Dr. Keith Gamble, Chair of the Department of Economics and Finance, conducted a study titled Increasing Financial Literacy Among Undergraduate Students with former student Montgomery Barreto to find out what they know. We'll find out too after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. Outlook for the future dropped among the state's business leaders following the November election and subsequent electoral college certification. That, according to the latest Tennessee Business Barometer by MTSU's Jones College of Business. The latest Tennessee Business Barometer Index decreased to 212, a noticeable dip from 309 in October. The current online survey of 125 business leaders from across Tennessee was conducted between January 11th and 18th. The Business Barometer is an online opinion survey that tracks an overall index and four sub-indices, current outlook, future outlook, business firm performance, and employment outlook. And as of January 4th, Kathleen Schmand is the new dean of MTSU's James E. Walker Library following a nationwide search. She comes to MTSU from Northern Arizona University, where she had been director of development and communications for that institution's library since 2006. Libraries have been a part of Schman's academic life ever since she was an undergraduate at the University of Southern California. Given the variety of formats and delivery methods used to convey information today, Schman says she sees the librarian's job as one of making sure the user knows what's relevant, authentic, and accurate. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Keith Montgomery, I want to thank you both for taking the time to be with us on the program today. Uh, I'd like to start with you, Keith, if you would, please describe uh, uh, from your paper the big three questions that personal finance scholars created to test people's financial literacy. Sure. So the uh, big three questions are a product of uh, two famous researchers in the area of finance and financial literacy, personal finance matters, uh, and that's Anna Maria Lusardi and Olivia Mitchell. Uh, and these big three questions have been used around the world, so they're uh, great for comparing results here at the university uh, to several other studies. And uh, the first question on the big three concerns interest. Uh, and it's it just a basic, how does interest uh, work? Uh, if you put money in a savings account, uh, it grows. How does that process work? And students in the study are given uh, multiple choice answers. Uh, so it doesn't require a calculator. Uh, it's just some basic understanding of how interest works. That's question one. Uh, and that's the most commonly uh, correct answer uh, that students have. Two, the second question of the big three questions is all about uh, inflation. And inflation erodes one's purchasing power. And so it's a test of do you understand what inflation is and what it does. Uh, it's also a multiple choice uh, question. Uh, and then the third question that's the most missed is just a true false question about diversification. 
uh, which is the idea of holding many different investments helps reduce uh, your risk. And so that, that true false question is, uh, which is more risky, uh, holding a mutual fund or holding a single stock? Uh, and this is missed by a lot of people. It's the most commonly missed uh, big three question where the mutual fund is a much safer investment because of diversification. Uh, but many people think the single stock is a, a safer investment. So the big three questions are, are those three questions involving interest, inflation, and diversification. And Montgomery, based on those big three questions, how did Keith and you formulate your survey questions for the MTSU students? Yeah, so we started with those questions as being the top of the survey because we definitely wanted to be able to compare those numbers to, um, like Dr. Gamble mentioned, all of the previous surveys. But we also wanted to just dig a little deeper and ask students questions about their debt and what they knew about their debt whether or not they knew what interest rate they would have, if they um, knew what their monthly payment would be after graduation and things like that, just to kind of have a better understanding of not only comparing them to other surveys that have done the big three questions, but also just um, looking at their, their own debt specifically and what they know about that. And what are the demographics of your two survey groups? Yeah, so the first group of students, the first survey sample was done at the end of a spring semester in 2019. And we had a lot of business students that completed the survey because we tried to have the survey done in finance classes. The Honors College also sent it out to their students, so we have a lot of honor students. And then just there is some general population from spreading the survey, just word of mouth. Um, so mostly business students, I think, is the, the biggest number and then the sample two was taken at the beginning of the fall semester before classes got underway and same same general demographics um, I think that one had a lot more freshman answer in sample two but we did have a, a pretty good uh, response from different students throughout the college and grades I remember uh, my first student loan in the 70s. I was 17. I had to go down to the bank with my parents, who had to co-sign for me because I was a minor. And uh, it sort of mystifies me as to how some of the pertinent facts about a loan would not sink in with a student at that time, especially in the presence of their parents or with their parents to remind them, unless the... Uh, uh, initiation into college becomes one great big blur with all the many things you have to get together and somehow the uh, basic facts of a loan that you're not going to have to pay back for at least four years just sort of go straight out of out of your mind is that basically what we're we're looking at here Keith yeah I think that that is uh, going on uh, all the, the students that get federal loans, they, they have to go through both an entrance and exit, uh, interest and exit survey, and it makes sure that they have some knowledge about their loan, but it's really remarkable uh, how many people don't even remember doing, doing those, and this has been found in uh, other studies as well. So. Uh, there are some checks to, to make sure that people are paying attention, but it, I think you hit on an important point, which is when you're starting uh, at a new university, there's so much going on that's new in your life. The new people, you're probably living in a new place, or you may be living in a new place. 
uh, it's it's so different and so new that the the loan part may have just gotten lost in the shuffle and and this is not just for students but uh, a lot of people when they start full-time jobs right that also comes with a lot of change and uh, they get financial decisions to make when they start a new job uh, things like saving for retirement but in the course of all the other changes in life that often can get pushed aside so i think you're right that uh, some of this is uh, students that the time when they're taking out those loans they are getting a lot of parent guidance there's a lot of change happening in their life uh, and it's hard for that information to stick in their head we'll take a break right here and we will return in just a moment this is mtsu on the record Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. Our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. This is Dr. Heather Brown, Director of the program. To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com. Our guests are Dr. Keith Gamble, who is the chair of the Department of Economics and Finance, and Montgomery Barreto, who is aspiring to become a certified public accountant. They're the co-authors of a study about undergraduate students' financial literacy and how much they know or don't know. Now, you referred before the break to the counseling, Keith, that the students who take out federal loans have to complete before they can uh, obtain the money. Is there any evidence that this counseling is edifying in any way? Uh, no. So the, the <laughs> studies that have been done on this are, are not uh, showing great results of that counseling. Uh, to the point that that many don't even remember doing it, even though it is required. Like someone did it, and it's been questioned uh, how much involvement the student is having versus the parent, or the parents just taking care of the finances for the student, uh, or and how how much actual engagement. Uh, lots of evidence that there's not that much engagement. Uh, at least from the student side. Now, we didn't survey the parents, so we, you know, maybe the parents had a better understanding of what the loan debt was and the interest rate and what the monthly payment was. Uh, but that's one uh, finding with our, our students is that uh, there are, you know, there are some that, that know exact, exact answers for this and, and have it all taken care of, but it's a, a surprisingly large amount, a concerningly large amount uh, who don't. They, they don't have uh, an idea or even a guess of how much debt that they have, student debt they have. Uh, many don't have a guess about the interest rate on that debt, uh, and many don't have a guess of the monthly payment. And those, those would be very important factors for a major uh, financial decision. Well, Montgomery, what uh, did your study find about the uh, 
sources of personal finance information that students have had access to, what, what they utilize, where they get their information, if they uh, go on Google and search for it or uh, word of mouth or what other ways they learn about uh, how to handle a loan. Yeah, so that was one of the questions we asked in our survey is just various ways that students have been, um, have tried to get their financial information. And um, most, I think a lot of students, probably over half of them had taken a high school financial literacy course, but our study and other studies that have been done before showed that that information doesn't really stick very well. They didn't perform any better whether or not they'd taken a high school financial literacy course. And then some students would look up information on their own, or um, there's some resources that MCSU offers online. And then a lot of our students that we surveyed were part of a, had completed a finance class at MTSU, whether that be personal finance or corporate finance, or just survey of finance in general. This is for either one of you. Do you have any idea why the students who took personal finance courses in high school didn't fare any better than students who had no such high school course. Does that say something about the quality of the high school financial literacy courses, or is that just the gap between high school and college talking? So I think it's it's somewhat just the, the gap between high school and, and college talking. I've reviewed some of the content that's taught in the high school financial literacy class, and I'm a big fan of, of them doing that, and I think uh, it, it is a good thing to have, uh, but do those concepts stick like we would hope they would? Uh, that's what uh, our findings suggested, that uh, it wasn't sticking, at least not for the big three uh, questions, which are covering uh, major, uh, major ideas in finance and finance that are important in making decisions. Uh, and, you know, part of that may be that life circumstances, right? So those things are taught and the students you know, take the test, but what's the real importance of it? Uh, that may not have hit and may not have stuck, but you know, the result that I, I think is a, a really good sign uh, coming out of the university uh, is how completing a finance course, be it the personal finance class or the survey of finance or the principles of corporate finance, uh, those students who completed the class did significantly better on the financial uh, literacy survey questions, the big three, uh, and they do know more about uh, their student debt. So some evidence that, that the completion of the finance class in the college level uh, is having an effect. Now we're asking those students right at the end of the semester, we're not asking them years down the road, so you know maybe that, that it's not sticking as well as we hope, but at the end of the semester, they, they didn't do quite well. Uh, and when we compare it, students in those same classes, but before they've actually had the class, right, they, we see that they, they don't necessarily know it. So uh, something's going on in those classes that is good, that's helped getting these uh, concepts uh, through to them. You anticipated my next question. So uh, since the evidence seems to indicate that college financial literacy courses do make a difference, uh, what is a financial literacy course like in college? If I'm a student and I'm just taking it, what can I expect? Um, I, I can definitely talk to the corporate finance side. I actually didn't take a personal finance class. So, uh, Dr. Gamble is going to be better 
to explain that one because I know he teaches that class. But definitely for corporate finance, we have to learn about a lot about interest and how that works and how it's going to grow. We don't talk as much about um, the question that was talking about like diversification that it doesn't come up um, super often when you're talking about corporate businesses. But I, I do think we definitely touch on it when we're talking about business investing um, and inflation, of course. So uh, those those concepts are definitely themes through any finance class. It's kind of hard to to ignore them. But the kind of financial literacy that we're talking about, I mean, is the sort of thing that is going to serve a student well after he or she graduates if they become an employee of a corporation and they're going to have to deal with human resources, maybe they're going to have a 401k or an IRA available through their employer, and they're going to want to know how to, to divvy up that pie, which mutual funds uh, to invest in, uh, how much should you put in growth and income versus international funds, bonds, city municipal bonds, all of that kind of thing. They're, they're going to have to want to know that if they want to be fruitful in their, uh, even in their initial years as an employee post-graduation, right? I agree. Uh, and and uh, for, for the importance of those uh, those choices in life that I've done a lot to try to expand access to my course, which is FIN 2010 Personal Financial Planning. Uh, and I, I did a complete redesign of the course. I built a, an online course shell with a team uh, of uh, people to help me put the highest quality uh, into that course shell. Uh, and I teach this uh, same course on ground to give students multiple options to get in it. And in personal financial planning, we uh, go through the full lifespan of making uh, choices uh, about money. And it, it starts with uh, budgeting, uh, budgeting, taxation, how that works. Uh, then we move on to credit and debt and, and how credit and debt works, uh, what constraints that puts on you and for how long. Uh, but when it makes sense to get credit and debt, not all credit and debt is bad. And then we talk about uh, investing and the importance of investing for the, the long run, uh, the risk involved, how to manage those risks. Uh, we talk about uh, insurance and risk management and, and then finish with uh, the end of life, saving for retirement, how to manage money in retirement, uh, how to prepare uh, with estate planning uh, and how to uh, protect your uh, family uh, at late in life. Uh, so we do the full lifespan of uh, financial decision making. And, and at the end of that class, students have to do uh, their own personal financial plan. So there's no final exam in the class. Instead of a final exam, it's just a final project. It's all about your financial situation. Now students do a current budget. Uh, they talk about their assets. They talk about their liabilities. Uh, and then I asked them about career plans, you know, not only a plan A, but a plan B. Very important to have a plan B because those of us, the longer we live, the more important we see that plan B can be in life. Uh, and then students are asked to do a future budget. Five years after graduation, what will your budget look like? Uh, what debt will you have then? Uh, I often find students come, you know, maybe have student loans, but they don't really have much in assets or liabilities. Some don't even pay, you know, monthly expenses. So uh, the five years after graduation, though, everyone has 
uh, as a, uh, a budget and uh, potential debts and uh, to meet their goals. And uh, after they do that, they, they have to go through a section in the plan of risk management where they uh, face different life situations, like getting in a car wreck and being hospitalized and out of work for six weeks. Like, how do you prepare for that? Right. So they have to address that with a plan. And then uh, for retirement, right, the, the decision that, that you've already mentioned, uh, students have to, in that personal financial plan, uh, make estimates of how they would, how much they would uh, contribute to the retirement plan under different conditions. Uh, would they uh, choose a Roth, uh, a Roth plan uh, as opposed to a traditional plan, right? They have to think about that. Uh, they think about uh, company matching, if that's available, how does that affect their decision? They think about the investment decision. Uh, like you mentioned, like how much to put in an international stock fund versus a bond fund versus money market fund. Uh, and those various options. And they even have to think about uh, and plan for withdrawals in retirement. So how, given their savings plan, uh, what will that produce by the end of their working life? And then what will that allow them to draw on uh, and for how long? So uh, and rather than just do a test, right? I think tests are valuable and they help uh, students see you know, what they've learned. I think the most valuable thing a, a student can walk away from my class knowing is, is a plan for their own life, right? So that personal financial plan is the big final project uh, and they can walk away from the course uh, having already thought about many of these uh, things. So uh, I know when we did the study, it was at the end of the semester, but it was just before they actually did the personal financial plan. So this is one that we didn't, uh, you know, had we done the survey like two weeks later, I think we'd had a lot more who uh, actually knew their student loan balances and, and, and things but uh, it's it's true that going through the course does show uh, show results uh, not only of some general financial understanding but students seem to have a, a better handle on what their own financial position is and what their uh, financial uh, situation will look like in the future that kind of project is the sort of thing that definitely would stick with me if I were taking the course. I, I think that's a way to get it ingrained into the person's head. Uh, Montgomery, uh, the conventional wisdom would be that business majors would fare a little better in the financial literacy department than perhaps majors in other disciplines. Did you find that to be the case? Yeah, we did find that to be the case pretty much whether it was the beginning of the semester or the end of the semester, um, business students fared better on the big three questions of financial literacy. They tend to have better understanding of the interest in inflation and risk diversification. Uh, we'll take a break right here. We will be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. 
UIH also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking with Dr. Keith Gamble, who is Chair of the Department of Economics and Finance, and Montgomery Barreto, a student who worked on a study with Dr. Gamble. Uh, she's studying to become a CPA, and the study is about financial literacy among undergraduate students. They fashioned a survey and surveyed in two separate sessions uh, numerous MTSU students about what they do and don't know about their student debt. Uh, Keith, how can other scholars use your study as a jumping off point to explore related areas of research? What you all did was not a longitudinal study. Do you think it would behoove academics to uh, follow up with some sort of longitudinal study and, and see whether their uh, knowledge of uh, finances, personal finances, increased over time or not? I agree. And there, there is interest in this. Uh, in the uh, field. Uh, I, I presented the results of this paper in a, a conference. It was a virtual conference, not in person, but virtual conference in September. Uh, and uh, these were people participating from around the country. Uh, and I got a lot of comments from that presentation that there are uh, researchers that want to do a similar study like we did in their own campus. And I think uh, that's because there are some uh, national results, but not always do the national results apply to students on your campus. Uh, and so there's some interest in, in, in learning more. Uh, and it's nice to see the, that these other researchers are interested in, in taking our survey and, and using it and adapting it to, uh, to their uh, campus. Uh, I, I think at long run studies like you're mentioning are, uh, I think, important and uh, interesting to do. Uh, high school personal finance courses are relatively new things, so we're just starting to learn about the long run implications of that. And I'm a big advocate for doing more uh, and, and understanding, well, what is it that works in those classes and what is not working? I, I think there's a long way to go in improving that. Uh, and then the same thing with uh, with college, right? It's only uh, two years ago that I completely uh, revamped uh, this course, personal financial planning. And so it will take some time to see what the long run implications uh, are. But should we be studying uh, studying to test those effects and make improvements? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, we should uh, be doing that. Uh, and you know, financial literacy. Uh, is something that I think is uh, a very hot topic uh, right now in research, and there's a lot uh, still yet to do uh, on this topic. So uh, long-run study following the same individuals over time and seeing how that changes, uh, absolutely, I think that's something that uh, I would like to see, and it, it's needed. Keith Montgomery, thank you both for being our guest on the program today. It's a very important subject, and we appreciate you bringing it to light. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. My pleasure. We'll be right back. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. 
We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. Stephanie Barrett has the middle moment. Corinne Keene, a special education teacher and MTSU College of Education graduate, recently shared why others should pursue a career in special education during a visit to her classroom at Wilson Elementary School in Murfreesboro. It is one of the most rewarding jobs because you're getting a kid that is here and bringing them up here. You, the stuff that they master like that is so rewarding and they try so hard and it's just the little victories and they get worth it. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.